Hey, what's going on, my friends? And welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. My name is Victor, and I'm here with my wonderful wife, Patty. Hey, guys. And today is going to be a special episode. We are going to do another questions from the fans Q&A for y'all today. <laughs> yeah, we actually have a lot of questions to get through. You know that? I have no idea what the questions are, so no. Yeah, we're going to kind of do this one on the fly. I've been a lot more active on Instagram lately, so whenever I do these Q&As, for those of you who don't know, I just send a quick little message to my Instagram followers and say, hey, I'm doing a Q&A on the podcast tomorrow. Send me your questions. And now we get a million. It's, it's, so it's, <laughs> we're going to do our best, folks. I know some of you are probably tuning in, hoping to get your question answered, and hopefully we'll be able to, but probably not all of them, just to kind of give you a fair warning, okay? We're going to kind of pick and choose the ones that I think will be best for the whole, the whole of the audience. Perfect. Okay, but one last announcement. Just so you guys know, I don't know if you're aware that me and Patty are hosting a retreat in Sedona. It's going to be amazing. Woo-woo, yay. In April, the 27th through the 30th, right? Yes. Yes, and as of uh, like Wednesday, we were we had 20 spots open, and now we have five. Just letting you guys know, I know a lot of you have probably heard of it. I want to just let you know if, you, if you're kind of on the fence, now would be the time to make a choice because we anticipate being sold out probably in the next day or two at the very latest. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. With that said, let's bounce into these questions here. This one's from Sue, one of my one of my biggest fans. What's up, Sue? It's good hey, to hear Sue. from you. <laughs> Yay. She says, sometimes I feel so good spiritually, mentally, and physically, like I'm on a high. And then something small will happen, like something someone says or something. And then I'll feel hopeless and depressed. How can I stop these extreme ups and downs in my moods? I don't think anyone can relate to this. We should just move on. Yeah. No one, really, <laughs> no one has that, right? <laughs> no, nobody. <laughs> Do you have any advice, my love? Um, extreme ups and downs. Yeah. I mean... F- when I'm experiencing ups and downs, I kind of just allow it to flow and, and just know that, you know, this too shall pass. So when you're extremely high, don't get caught up in this extreme, like blissed out stage. And same when, when you're upset and, and feeling really depressed and low, don't get too caught up in the fact that you're feeling really low because you know that it's going to come back up. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to look at it like, positive, useful information. A lot of people are more sensitive. Mm -hmm. So their highs will be experienced higher than they may have been accustomed to throughout their, you know, most of their life. And also the lows are lower, but a lot of times the lows are there to inform us of baggage we're carrying around to bounce us back up even higher than before. So if you can look at the lows, almost like a lesson from your, your inner self saying, Hey, why are you experiencing this low? Where's all this energy coming from? Why are you carrying it around? What is the origin of it? How about how about you release it now? Why don't you let that go? And you can learn a lot from the lows. So yeah, if you're going through life on a boat and you're on this wavy sea, a lot of people in that situation, they try to, they, they're like, they're up and down, up and down, up and down, hoping for a calm day. But we're, we're on the ocean, you're on a little boat, it's going to be wavy. Mm-hmm. But the, the key is not resisting the ups and downs and seeing the lows as a problem and the highs as something to cling to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Try to the- stay more neutral, Sue. Don't get too, oh, I made it, I'm up here now, and, and then I hope I can sustain it because yeah. then you're just creating this pendulum as Aaron would say to come knock you back down to earth so just Mm -hmm. try to stay neutral yeah right I like that yeah cool okay moving on let's see this is gonna be from 
one moment, folks. I have to go into my my questions here. <laughs> Oh, this is a good one that we, that we know nothing about. <laughs> this is from Star Spatter, Star Spattered Sam. What up, Star Spattered Sam? Say that three times fast. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> How do you handle having kids on the spiritual path? Uh. <laughs> I wrote down a few notes. Oh, oh, see, you cheated. Just for this one. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a complex thing. I wanted to give. Okay, so advice. maybe you start with this I will one, start and, and then I can maybe probably. like add something yeah okay i'm sure you'll be able to yeah <laughs> so one is learn from them your children yeah it, it can make the your life whether you're on a spiritual path quote unquote or not it can make your life more challenging no doubt yeah but you can learn a lot from them because they are mirrors they will mirror we read this really good book which i'd, I'd recommend called the conscious parent mm. by what is it dr so shafali yeah um What's her first name? I can't think of her first name, but Dr. Shafali, she's amazing. And she, um, we had an opportunity actually years ago to um, go to one of her talks and she is super conscious and it was like just amazing being in the room with her. So um, that book is so powerful and so amazing and it's highly, highly recommended by me for sure. Yeah, and the whole the whole premise is that your children are going to be your biggest triggers. Mm-hmm. They're going to trigger your little inner child, mm-hmm. your unresolved wounds and issues like no other person on this planet. And the whole challenge is not to not to project onto them, rather to own your emotions that they invoke, mm-hmm. and you can use it as an opportunity to heal and grow and really accelerate your awakening if you want to look at it that way. But yeah. with that said, I, I wrote down also balance your guilt with proactivity, meaning mm-hmm. you, you won't be able to do that perfectly. I mean, if you do, let me know and you should yeah. be, we'll have you on the podcast. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the other in- intrigued parents yeah. were far from it. Very, maybe not even a good, you know, percentage of how often we actually do that. Yeah. But that's my goal. I do keep that in mind and I do try to learn from them and own my emotions and, and, and see the situation as a positive catalyst for inner growth that'll not only enhance my life, but it'll also make me a better parent for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, have anything you want to add? There's probably a lot of angles you could attack this from. Well, um, I always like to say that I start each day new. So if I had a day where I was like agitated and irritated with the kids, or I was hypersensitive energetically, and they the noise that the kids do and the messes that they make were like super irritating me that day, I just know that the next day I can wake up and say it's okay. Yesterday was in the past. Today is a new day. Let's start it fresh. Yeah, that's good. That sounds like so simple, but that would be good also for Sue, what she was saying. What yeah. you were just saying there, just like be really like, just just go with the flow, stay in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and the that guilt can... that you carry with, um, with if you're like, if you yell at your kids about something or whatever, that's actually more harmful than yelling and like making the mistake, you know, because you can go back and say, especially if your kids are a little bit older, like with Maya, she's nine now. So we can say, you know, I shouldn't have reacted that way. And I'm really sorry. And, you know, you can make amends after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. I see the guilt aspect that I'm sure all parents experience as sort of a I try to have a balanced relationship. That's something I actually work on. So I tend to mm-hmm. err on the guilty side, mm-hmm. but I think it does serve us in a little, a little bit. It, it, we, we can't be completely like apathetic to our own actions right. towards our children no, yes. at the same time dwelling and beating ourselves yes. up. That's and, what oh I God, meant about that. Going to that. bed, just stooped in guilt. That's just going to 
create a messy vibration that we go through <clears> life <throat> from and probably create more experiences that right. we're guilty about. Yeah, for right? sure. So it's a balance. We can mm-hmm. use the information of guilt, but but once you say, okay, that was the wrong action, I'm going to do better next time, and then you move on, let that mm-hmm. guilt go. doesn't yeah. serve. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that can help you out a little bit there. This one, this next one from Young Dwayne 44 is a bit more of an esoteric one. We'll see if you want to chime in. You may not <laughs> even care to love. Um, it says, like, what... Let's see. How much do we know about the third wave? More than... He's basically asking, what are my thoughts on the third wave of volunteers? You know, Dolores Cannon? Mm-hmm. And how she talks about the third wave. You know what that is? Uh... It's like the volunteer souls, the light workers. She has them sort of categorized into different waves. So the first wave were more for the people born in like the 50s and 60s, I believe. Right, yes. And then the third wave were more like the young, the new yeah. children. Yes. Okay, yes, I know. Yeah, so... I wrote down here, I try to keep it general, grounded, and useful. Meaning, this information is appropriate at times for the seeker, but I don't spend all that much time analyzing it because I focus on what I can do. I think the looking at like the different waves of volunteers and light workers, it's very useful um, because a lot of people really just resonate with that sort of... Uh, identity or role here on earth and then with the awareness of it they can embrace it and do a lot of good here at the same time i don't know if it's purposeful to separate them into various waves i feel like anyone who wants to help the planet can be a light worker Mm -hmm. and it's uh i don't have i guess i have nothing more specific to add to that oh however going on what dolores cannon says is like the the new children of the kids are they're just much more connected and Mm -hmm. you can see that look at like the young kids look in their eyes look at the wisdom they emanate in their character and behavior at least we see it in our kids and not only them many other children Mm -hmm. too i've come across they just they have this, and all kids have like a, a glow, a glow about them. But mm-hmm. the the newer generation of kids just seems like we're getting to experience that like little evolution, like the evolutionary sort of leap in consciousness starting to become evident in the young children, and that for me is very hopeful because I really think they're the ones that are going to really change the world, and we're sort of paving the way for them to do their work. Yeah. So that's my thoughts anyway. Anything you want to add? Well, I just. Um... For me, I don't like to use definitions with things like that because, you know, like you said, anyone who wants to help can change people and the world just by being helpful, whether they're part of the third wave or not, you know? I agree, yeah. And it's, you know, categorizing things does serve a purpose, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it does more harm than good. But focusing on the definition of it, I mean. No, I totally agree. Yeah, Yeah. I'm with you, yeah. Okay, so we'll move on from that. This one is from... Gagan SJ, do you think that one day all the people that we left behind on this path will eventually meet us in the fifth dimensional way of living? Will they ascend to another very esoteric one? <laughs> Thanks. So this is a concern a lot of people have, that they start to kind of shift their awareness, become kind of aware of what's going on, and they look around the world and see some people in their life who they would perceive to be not ascending, not, not shifting with them. Um, so do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I have some thoughts. <laughs> um, Care to share those thoughts, love? No, I was kidding. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, I, I know that for me, I believe that um, not everyone is meant to wake up on this life journey. And that's okay, because that's what they chose in this life. Um, as far as like f- 
going to the fifth dimension. I don't know what that exactly means. Like for me, that's something I I know nothing about. So I'm not going to touch on that. But I do believe that when we all cross over into our next phase of life, also known as death, um, that the people that we love and the people that are supposed to be there will be there. And it's so perfect on the other side that it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, you just love everything that's there. So does that, yeah, this is another, I think another example (laughs) of uh, like the esoteric information, sometimes doing more harm than good, causing Mm -hmm. a fear of, Oh my God, I'm going to leave everybody behind. Yeah. I watched a YouTube video. So now I'm ascending and by the, the traits of this recent blog post I read, I can see, you these know, people aren't. these five people aren't ascending. And then, geez, what are the horrific implications of that? It's all just in our mind, you know, regardless, yeah. every soul here has a journey mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have chose the journey if it wasn't going to be somehow beneficial. Now, there's a great deal of value to be gained from challenge. And some people might choose more of a smoother life, more of an ascension sort of path, if you will. And some people might not. But to the soul, on the soul, eternal soul level, there's value and there's it makes sense. And as you said, in the end, I, I believe anyway, this is all speculation, of mm-hmm. course, um, but I believe we're all connected and the ones that we really resonate with and love will will meet again and, and some other mm-hmm. some other journey, uh, you know, maybe in another incarnation or something. Yeah. But... I wouldn't really let someone's solid definition of what's happening get you down because let's just be honest. As I said, it, this is all speculation, man. We don't really right. know what the hell's going on. Um, all we can do is be the best people we can be and, uh, you know, show love to those that are in our lives and just try to keep it simple. That's what I would say. Yeah. Okay, let's see. I'm going to flip the page here. Oh, this is a much different sort of changing of the tone. Thank you, Mandy. She says, I've always been interested in intermittent fasting. Oh. <laughs> I would like to, uh, to give a quick breakdown of it. Do you want to or I can? You don't have to like talk about why. Just you can tell kind of what we do if you want. Um, You can start with this because uh, you obviously know more about it. Yeah, I was you're a the personal one. trainer. All right. And I never did any research about why I do it. You just like, like it. I just do <laughs> it because I feel good when I do it. So Yeah. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Patty and I eat all of our meals, all of our calories within a pretty short window of time throughout the day. Where most people they wake up and they have breakfast and then they have a snack and they have lunch, and then another snack and then dinner and they a lot of people snack at night. We will eat all of our food within maybe a four hour window or less sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But we're not rigid about it, but there's benefit. There's health, but there's general health benefits, benefits to your longevity. It really helps you stay lean and, mm-hmm. and burn fat. And also, you know, when you skip breakfast, contrary to what your, your, you know, your doctor might tell you, it's actually good for you because it'll make you, it'll kind of shift you into a different state of awareness. Like what people call the fasted state where you feel very uh, clear and tuned in. And it's very productive for us because we don't have to worry about making and cleaning and eating meals until like later in the day. And then yeah. when we get to, to eat, it's a freaking feast. We go mm-hmm. nuts for like three hours. We just pig out. <laughs> but but it's all like healthy stuff for the most part. And we stay lean. And it's real easy to go all day without eating because our bodies are trained that way. Mm-hmm. And again, we enjoy the benefits. So that's kind of what we do. Yeah. I, um, I did it actually when I was pregnant. And it helped me maintain my my weight and not gain too much weight 
when I was pregnant, I gained like the perfect amount. Um, and I was, I just was thinking about this. Um, I watched a Joe Rogan podcast with someone, some woman, I forget her name. And she was saying that if you eat in a nine hour window, then it helps with endurance. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's true, but she said that she noticed when she ate in a nine hour window versus like a 12 or 15 hour window, she felt like she could run farther the next morning. Yeah, there's, I think there's been studies. What's her name? Do you know? I have no but idea. She's like a, like a really smart uh, doctor or PhD. And well, she's on Joe Rogan's podcast she, a lot. And she has a lot of very like technical information to share to yeah. kind of back up what, what me and you are sort of spouting out. Right. And I don't know her name, but I know that she worked or learned from or is friends with Sachin Panda. And he knows a lot about um, intermittent fasting and, and things like that. Okay. So. Yeah, cool. Another reason I like it before I move on is that I feel like I'm more tapped in. I feel yeah. like, you know, I just feel more tuned in. Like whenever I shoot a video or a podcast or anything, I've never recently eaten a meal. It's always 100% of the time, excuse me, in a fasted state mm -hmm. because I'm just more clear. I'm more clear of a channel, if you will. Yeah. And then she had another part to her question. She said, what is your favorite thing to do when you're feeling stuck or as you would call the void? I really feel great about the future sometimes, but then I get into these low vibes where I start to feel like nothing is changing, etc. Thank you, much love. So what do you do when you're in sort of that blah, stuck, void sort of time in your life? Um, well, for me personally, I'll go, I'll say I need some time and I'll go and I'll do some rapé and I'll just um, talk to that medicine and, and, uh, like say, what can I do about how I'm feeling now? Or where, where can I go with this particular situation? And, um, that's what I do personally, but it's just a different form of, you could t go and meditate and with the intention of finding out, you know, uh, whatever's causing you to feel stuck. Yeah. So I, yeah, similar. I try to balance being somewhat proactive like you, like I, I, I understand every time you're in a void or a negative space in your life, there's value and there's information to help you grow as a person and live a better life. So I sort of have that premise in mind and I'll, and I'll ask myself, you know, why am I feeling this way? What's uh, what could I have done differently? What, what could I do? What's the message? Yeah. At the same time, a lot of people will take that advice and run with it. And then they find themselves resisting the void, like out of desperation. I've tried Reiki. I've tried yoga. Mm -hmm. I can't shift out of the void. I'm in this funk. Oh my God, when will it end? <clears throat> you don't want to get into that sort of space. You want to, at the same time, as being sort of inquisitive as to what the message might be, you want to also be accepting and allowing mm -hmm. and understand that maybe a few days in the void is exactly what the doctor ordered. So just trust that your life is going to unfold in a way that's going to allow you to glean whatever message was in, inherent in this little period of life for you. And then you can use it. So if you don't get the message right away, let it go yeah. and chill and some, trust. Sometimes the message of the void is just to take some time to just shut your mind off yes. to what need you like you don't need to do something right now then if the answer isn't coming right away so like for me when i'm doing my uh rapé and um somewhat meditation if i don't get an answer within the first within 15 minutes i just leave it alone 
I right, just I too. stop going into it because I know it's not going to come. Sometimes it's I'll leave it after five minutes because I just know okay it's not going to come right now and I'm just going to have to um, go about my day. Yeah, and you just accept. You don't mm-hmm. you don't resist, right? Yeah, that's the main main thing. Is stop try not to resist it and see it as a problem rather that it's just a it's a helpful process to you whether it concludes now or tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Exactly. This one is from Pammy Oliveria one. Sorry if I didn't say your name correctly. She says, hey, or hi, how to let go of toxic people without feeling guilty and how to accept that everyone has their path. That kind of goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So how do you accept, to- you know, how do you let go of toxic people without feeling guilty? That That is a more challenging question, I would, I think, because naturally these, the toxic people usually are close friends or close family members. Um, and, uh, you just have to look at it as a way for you to, you're growing and you're changing and it doesn't have to be, you're cutting them off completely. You can still have a relationship with them, but with the intention of protecting yourself in that relationship and not allowing their toxicity to bleed into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that Sometimes you you make a move, even though you feel guilty, and understand that guilt is just sometimes just an emotional response. Though it's not how you actually would think about the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a lot of a lot of times guilt can be a manifestation of a lot of like unconscious beliefs we have that what you're doing is wrong, that it's not okay for you to pursue your own happiness and enlightenment and, yeah. and joy. Um, so, but it is okay and you deserve to be happy and know that and just, you know, embrace that because that's part of this journey is the the purpose of this life journey is to be happy and live your purpose. Yeah. I, I found, I tried to cling to like relate friendships and stuff in the past. Um, and it just got more and more impossible to do that until mm-hmm. I was just sort of forced to let go. So now it, it doesn't come up really anymore, fortunately for us, but in, you know, later in my journey, I would be more quick to let go and just sort of trust the trust that everyone has their path and it's not higher or lower, better or worse. It's just different. Mm-hmm. It's not that our vibration is so high. We can no longer tolerate these people. It's like, no, it's just different. We're, it's time to move on within our journey. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no hierarchy. And, and it's I'm not going to okay. fight that natural course of life. Mm-hmm. It's you know? all okay and it's all perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. And how to accept everyone has their own path. Well, I try to look at, for me, what helps is to look at it from like a higher level. You can look at it from an individual. I'm just as, I have this short stint time on earth and I'm, this is my first life here. And I try to look at it like from, from a higher perspective, where it's like, I look at it like we're all souls. We're all eternal. We've all chosen various paths to benefit us. And from that level, I can accept, okay, maybe this person wants to experiment with this addiction theme a little longer. Who is it for, who is it, it's not my place to stop them. It's their theme they chose. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want to interfere with the growth that they are hoping to get on a soul level from this experience. So from that higher level, it all kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, I look at it differently. Um, I look at it more like I wouldn't want someone telling me how I should live my life. So why would I do that to someone else that's infringing on their right to live their own life? Right. So I, I like wouldn't that. take kindly to that. No, so, no one does. And, right. So that's 
that's how I look at it. So when there's things in life that happen that I maybe wouldn't choose for myself, for it's okay because that's what they're choosing for their life. And I don't have to examine that. I'm just living my life the way that makes me happy. Yeah. Another thing I'll end with is something I heard this Phil good guy say, he's like an Instagram mm-hmm. guy. He said that like, imagine you keep trying to like meddle in with someone's life. Maybe they're an addict or something. I know it's not an easy situation and I sympathize with people in that situation because I once was. But anyway, as an example, maybe there's this addict that you you keep trying to save and, and meddle in with and, and interfere with their life. And But what that person needs is to hit a certain bottom where that's going to be a sufficient motivation to help them change their life. But you keep delaying it and preventing it because you think you know is what, you know what's best for them. Right. So it just... It's not. Uh, it's not kinda, your. It's, it's not, not our your role to go to around job, telling yeah. people what to do. Because what the hell do we know? Right. It's I not know. our job to to make other people live their their life. Our job is to live our life. Exactly. <clears throat> ah. Okay. Hey, Vic. I always forgot the books you recommend. There were some good ones recently. Would you mind posting a list of recent recommendations? I'm all over Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, etc. So, do you have any books you're reading that that you'd want to recommend? Um. Uh, well, the ones that I'm reading won't resonate with everyone, so that's uh, okay. They might resonate with some. Okay, so currently I'm reading um, "The Way of the Shaman." Uh, I forget the name. Do you know the name? Of I don't know guy? the author. No, um, it's a pretty well-known book. You can just type that in. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and that's a really good one for like. Uh, just learning about shamanism and shamanic journeying and whatnot. Um, yeah. Yeah. You only read one book at a time. You're not like me. huh? No, I don't have like (laughs) 10 books that I read at once, but I can list mine. The conscious parent by Dr. Shafali is a good one. Um, for for parents. parents. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's just, it's a good one for anyone that's got people in their life. It's just, (laughs) you know, it's, it's directed at parents, but you can change child to parent or friend, you know, very easily. You can use those synergistically. Yeah. She's an extremely conscious person. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's technically what people would say is enlightened or not, but she's pretty damn close. Yeah. She has another book. Um, she has another book that's not related to parenting, right? I don't know, maybe. Oh, no, I think it is. It's The Awakened Family or something like that. Oh, I didn't anyway, read it. I should. I think we have it. Huh, dig it out. <laughs> <laughs> Tangent. Yeah. Anyways, we're back. <laughs> okay, so I am I always have, a, I'm not like super strict about it, but as I'm about to verbalize it, I realize I have sort of a system with the books I read. <laughs> I usually am reading at least one book that gives me practical information for what's relevant in my life. So right now I'm trying to really become like balanced financially in in the sense of like investing and and just being more organized. So I'm reading this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is fantastic. I think it's it's like still after like 20 or 30 years, the number one finance book of all time or something. It's it's a really extremely valuable book. Um, So I'm reading that. I'm almost done with that. I'm reading the very long book of one of my favorite authors called The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. It's like a 900-page book. Huge little text, big pages. <laughs> so I kind of go through that at my own pace. 
Um, but that's a that's a he'll, fan. he'll let you know how it is next year. Yeah, it's a phenom- <laughs> he's a phenomenal author and he's a badass. I'd recommend him. I recommend his books a lot. Mastery, The Forty Eight Laws of Power, The Fiftieth Law. Those are all solid, solid books for helping you become like an Earth Master. It's not super esoteric. It's very grounded and and uses history as examples for the different concepts he chooses to explore. But I'm a big fan. I've been mm-hmm. those books have helped me more than most, honestly. Um, let's see. I just, I got almost done with Malcolm X. I dug it. He got to, he got, the author got a little bit too, he said, at least maybe he turned, changes his tune later in the book, but he's a very, what I gathered, he seemed to be a very passionately sort of, in a sense, hateful individual. But again, I didn't finish the book, so maybe there's more to it. And I I respect what he did. He's a brilliant human being, but I couldn't really get through it because it was just too, too, a little bit too negative for me. Um, let me think. What else is there? I usually have by my bedside some type of book that puts me in the zone, like by Eckhart Tolle or Adeshanti. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm reading Adeshanti uh, Emptiness Dances or Emptiness Emptiness Dancing is the name. It's the only book I haven't gotten all the way through of his. Actually, I've, I've owned it for a long time. Um, so I'll read like a page of that, and just reading a book from an enlightened teacher like that, it can help you sort of shift into the moment much very easily. It's almost like meditation. So I use it for that. Mm-hmm. So that's about all I guess we'll say about the books, huh, love? Yeah. Any books you want to recommend while I sift through another question? Mm. Just maybe like a, a, what's that one book you always talk about that helped you? The Warrior Goddess Training for the women? Oh, yeah, actually. I listened to that on um, aud- uh, as an audio book. It was called The Warrior Goddess, Warrior Goddess Training by Heather Ashamara. Um, and it's it's really powerful um, book. I, I personally don't, I love books that are for human empowerment. And so I don't like books that are directed at either just males or just females, but this one, even though it was directed at just females, I think it would be very useful for men as well. Um, but they might not resonate with the way that she speaks sometimes just cause it's geared towards women. Okay. Fair but, enough. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the a lot of the listeners, I think, are women. Yeah, I Warrior actually, Goddess Training by Heather Ashamara. Yeah, yeah, okay. that helped me a lot. Okay, we'll take one more question, guys. This is my boy Taylor. He's one of our big fans. Hey, he's Taylor. Always, he's always uh, <laughs> showing his love. So thank you, Taylor. Happy to be able to hook you up here. He says, "Hey, man, I have a question for the podcast. How to not take everyone's energy so strongly as an empath, and how to not take this whole experience of life so seriously? It's hard." It's hard, he says, when you pick up everyone's energies and you just want to help everybody. Um, so here's what I would say. And this is something I just heard from Bashar. This is another person sort of saying what I've always felt in my own opinion is that Bashar says, listen, he's got a very assertive mm-hmm. way about him, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he's like, anytime you feel an emotion, it's your energy. So the whole notion, and according to him, and I'm in agreement, that you go around picking up other people's energies is almost like an excuse for not looking at your own energies because everything is neutral unless you choose to give it meaning. So there's some negative person on the street and you're like, oh my God, I got all those bad vibes and I don't like this person. Where's your resistance? Where's your lack of acceptance to that person? And why would you not allow him to feel that way? Why can't you just look at it and then change the channel and observe and let it go and move on? But a lot of empaths have the definition that, well, I'm an empathic person. And then they almost make it their job to take on everyone's energy. But is that, is that, uh, 
Is that a happening that's out of their control or is that due to their subscription to that particular belief? This is just my opinion. I think it's the This latter. is where we uh, um, have different, different opinions. Wait, what? Do you t- wait, what? Um, <laughs> because I have... I have picked up other people's energy and been completely unaware of it. Um, and I did it for many years. Um, what helped me was just trying when I do feel an emotion that doesn't make sense, then I just say, Oh, this isn't mine. And just sort of try to release it. Um, I do mm, a lot of things regularly to clear my energy daily Um, and that also helps. So I, one thing that really helps is you can take a salt bath, but I take a salt shower where I just rub salt on my body and it clears my energy out for the day. And I do that before I go to bed, um, or like in the evening and, uh, that helps me. So I, I do think you can pick up other people's energy, but you don't have to. You don't have to, like, just knowing that you're an empath doesn't mean that you have to pick up other people's energy. It just means that you are aware when other people's energy is very intense and um, when people are pushing their energy out. You're just more aware of it than a non-empathic person, but you don't have to carry that with you. Yeah, that's, I agree. That's, that's kind of what Adashanti says, another author. He talks about it in one of his awakening books. He says that like in the beginning of an awakening, a lot of people, they find themselves, I think the way he puts it, mixed up in other people's energy. And mm-hmm. it can take a bit of time to kind of, to yeah, to realize you don't have to really participate in someone's energy. You can be aware of it and, and so forth. But I'm also, I'm not saying it's, impos- not, it's impossible to pick up someone else's energy. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had that happen too. I think it's more rare than a lot of people experience. So I think a lot of it at times it is the people and their own emotions mm-hmm. or resistance. Um, but regardless, that's not for me to say. Well, that's why I try to look at it. You know, when I'm feeling an intense energy that doesn't make sense for my day, then I think, okay, why am I feeling this way? Sometimes it's I'm just ungrounded and I need to like bring myself back into my body and, and you know, center myself. Yes. And sometimes it's I really have picked up other people's energy and I need to clear it out. Um, but it's it, it's it takes discernment to um, to know what's what. And you also have to like process it and like think about it. You know, like if you're feeling really depressed randomly, you're like, I don't know why I'm depressed. It, it could be something's purging out of you. It might not be that you picked up someone else's energy. Right, right. So and I think I think what we I think we basically have a very similar opinion. You're proactive about it. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't let yourself get into like the victim mindset like I see some people do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, why did I pick up this energy? Okay, well maybe it was a random thing, but I'm going to go ahead and clear it now and reground myself so it doesn't happen again. So you kind of like own the experience, which yeah. I think is important. But regardless, I think whether it's someone else's energy or your own emotions, it's a lot of times just being accepting and detached. Like the detached observer can mm-hmm. be helpful because you can sort of watch yourself feel something rather than need to be so immersed in the feeling and identified with it. Yeah. Right. So I think, uh, or yeah, regardless of whose energy it is, you can sort of deal with it in, in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. My voice is getting, you guys can probably tell I have a little bit of a cold. We're going to bounce here. <laughs> um, thank you guys. Thank you for the good yeah, questions. Yeah, thank you guys. It was a nice, nice mix of, Nice a variety of questions this time. I yeah, say it's fun I to agree. talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
All right, my friend, listen, you guys take care. We will be in touch. Have an amazing day. Oh, I forgot to mention, if you guys are interested in that Sedona retreat, I really didn't tell you where to go. Go to awakeninghelp.com slash Sedona. And again, there's only five spots left. All right. Hope to see you there. Peace. Bye.